Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. My name is Jim Martin. I am joined by Greg and Jeff today. We are your hosts talking about all things financial advisors and financial planning. You know, we were having a conversation before we got started all about the grind, like what what it takes to be successful in this business. And let's let's face it, being a financial advisor is uh it's not easy like to become a successful advisor. It's easy if like you have two clients and you have no desire to grow beyond that. But if if you're trying to build something, especially in those first five to 10 years, boy, it's 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 game on. It it is some work. And we're talking about embracing the grind because this is kind of like a marathon. Like it's not a sprint and you need to, you got to get your mind right uh, in order to build the business you want. And I, I just thought it'd be really kind of fun, uh, a fun topic to talk to uh, two guys that have built their businesses from scratch uh, to a hundred million dollars plus and talk about how they did it. And, you know, how did they get their mind right? And what was that? What were those first couple years like? Because, you know, we, we sort of forget the the kind of the journey we went through. And if you talk to every advisor on the planet, they all walked to school uphill both ways through snow, even if their daddy gave them $50 million, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but n- n- the guys here did not do that. So I thought it'd be fun. So Jeff, uh, let's just, let's just jump over to you. Cause you're, you're right next to me on this thing. You know, you're think back to your, your, your year one through three. What, what was that like for you? I, Started in the business at 22, for the record, with uh, no overhead at home. That that was important, and I was a slow starter. Um, I, as many actually long-term veterans say, I was on the verge of getting fired on more than one occasion. There's probably some truth in that for me as well. Um, again, I started with a firm that encourages you to knock on doors. You all probably know what that means. And I did a lot of it, uh, and that's all I did. Um, and I worked. At my only goal was to work the numbers. Um, again, kind of getting into. I was saying some of this we've all heard a million times, but it's worth reinforcing. Um, Twenty-five contacts per day. Have a stack of quarters uh, on your desk if you're making phone calls. Twenty-five quarters and a coffee can. And every time you talk to somebody, take the quarter and throw it into the can so you hear that sound of money. Um, as a motivator, watch the stack go down as you work your way through your day. I did all of that. Um, somebody told me, you know, 25 times 5 is 125, so do 31 times 5. Then you'll have 125 Monday through Thursday. And it's, again, all sounds old-fashioned, but, man, that's what you got to be doing right now. I mean, the right now part of this is during a downturn, especially um, there is tons of opportunity to be talking to people and at least getting their attention more so than we we could earlier. I started in a downturn. I started in year 2000, uh, March of 2000, by the way, 
um, which means I rode down. My first sale was in WorldCom stock on May 15th, uh, 2000. Uh, rode that to zero, by the way. Um, but uh, point being, though, that was year 2000 was a down year. 2001 was a down year. 2002 for the first 10 months was a down year. So I I started very slowly in those first three years um, talking to people during a downturn and trying to um, to tell them something different than what the rest of the industry was telling them. Yeah, I love it. Um, Greg, you know, I, I, I know your your journey is a little different than uh, Jeff's uh, and not in a good or bad way, just is. But for you, I I know that you uh, you you probably you probably put the effort in for sure. I because I know who you are. So talk about your journey. What was that like the first uh, the first couple of years? Yeah, my my journey uh, different than both of you. Um, but uh, and it's just because I started indie, so so I didn't have the sales quotas, I didn't have the production quotas or anything like that. Basically, my my broker dealer said, you know, hey, as long as you're paying us. We're, we're happy. So, uh, so I could kind of, st- I was a slow starter just like Jeff, but, but really what it, what it a- amounted to was putting in the work, putting in the hours and, and having those conversations, getting those appointments and talking to as many people as I could about the services I offered. Right. And, you know, looking back, it was, I was talking to a lot of the wrong people sometimes, um, but, but yeah, it, it was a grind. It was an absolute grind. My broker dealer actually allowed me to work on the weekends as an outside business activity. And, and I, I'm not embarrassed to say this at, at all, um, because I, I was, you know, starting from ground zero. I mean, how do you pay the rent? How do you, how do you do all this stuff when you literally have no, no salary, no income. And it was a fantastic, for me, it worked out fantastic because on the weekends, you know, uh, when it was, when it was dark out in the nights, I I would be working, but then I would be working in my financial planning, financial services practice, uh, during the day on Saturdays, having a lot of Gosh, for the first five years of this business, I had Saturday morning appointments, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And I can't tell you how many Saturday appointments I had during those first five years, because that's when I thought, okay, that's when these people can meet with me. I had a lot of late, uh, you know, six o'clock meetings. That was the thing, you know, starting off uh, single without any overhead, as Jeff talked about, didn't have a mortgage, didn't have child support, didn't have any of this stuff, zero debt. Uh, I was fortunate. So so I could kind of uh, just build and build and build. I could meet with anybody day or night. Um, so, so, but it, it was a grind. It was, I, the three of us and, and Brad's included in this group that what you'll enjoy about our podcast is you'll notice none of our fathers were in the this business we didn't get handed a 50 million dollar book 200 million dollar book uh my dad worked for the state of illinois and, and told me uh don't get in this business go get that $50,000 accounting job because it's it's a stable salary uh so if if you're if you're listening to you know uh you know some advisors that you know want to tell you what to do well, it's easy for them to say they inherited a hundred million dollar book from their dad. Uh, none of us, the four of us, we, we had that experience. We we all started from you know the ground floor. Yeah, yeah. My my experiences are the same, guys. Um, those first couple years, I mean, I burned all the boats. I had no plan B. I was going to be successful 
I started in uh, in the downturn and in, in the shadow of uh, 2008. I th- this is a this is a crazy story, but I remember uh, I started the place we had to knock on doors. So Edward Jones is where I started. It's fine firm, great place to start. By the way, I think I think if you're going to start at a captive firm, I can't imagine a better one. They teach they actually teach you how to prospect. I mean, they they legitimately teach you a way to build a business, which I think is fantastic. And they're a good place to stick around if you want to stay there. Right? There's a lot worse places you can be. Um, I remember coming back. I think they called it. It was it know your customer KYC. Jeff, is that? Yeah, so so I went to this KYC thing. So that's essentially where you go and you you learn. I don't know. You learn how to knock on doors. And I remember, I remember I'd moved from Texas up to uh, Virginia. I was going through divorce. Uh, I'd never been. I picked this town I was going to start working in. I'd never been there. I just picked it because there was no Edward Jones advisors in this town. So I get there. It's the first day I come back, and it freaking snows, guys. I swear it snows. And I start walking on doors. It's Monday morning. I got to go. Everybody's out building snowmans, shoveling their damn driveways. And here's this idiot in a suit with cowboy boots on. This is not a lie. I'm walking up and down, knocking on doors. I remember that day. Like, it's just imprinted in my memory. One lady's like, you look cold. Come on in. And uh, it was was a a good lesson. I still remember... Uh, my one of my friends, he'll, he'll he'll probably laugh when he hears this. We used to text each other and get on the phone, and we would sit. You know, it was really hard to get out of your car and like go knock on doors. Like you had to like build up this like you almost had to have a hype man or a hype song. And um, we would sit there and play Brick Breaker because this was when iPhones were coming in and but uh, and Blackberries were going out, and we would just we we would spend more time on this stupid phone avoiding prospecting uh, than doing it. But it was a grind. It was a flat grind. It was a beautiful time though. And um, you know, I think as as Jeff was talking, as Greg was talking, holy mackerel, guys, don't you start to lose a little bit of that for either either if you work with a firm where there's a successful advisor, you're probably trying to map how you how you're going to react based upon what they do. So I've got I've got some great juniors who are amazing, but sometimes I'm not their best role model because I I don't want to be in the office all the time, but I want them there all the time. And then the other um the other thing that I think is really important is um as you're as you get deeper in this in this business you still need to embrace the grind. I mean, my goal is is different today. It's to add another hundred million in assets. So it's not like it's not like you can just hang it up and do nothing. You should always be growing and grinding and and reaching new heights. I think so. I want to I want to maybe pivot and talk about embracing the grind. That no matter what stage you're in, and I know you guys are all hard workers. So l- let's just kick it back. We'll go back over to. Uh, to Greg and to Jeff, and let's. Uh, how do you embrace the grind now? How do you stay after you have success? How the heck do you still stay motivated, Greg? Because you're already a successful guy. I mean, you could you could mail it in and work two days a week, and I don't know what you would do, but you'd have a lot of fun doing it. Why Why do you keep working so hard? Yeah, uh, there's a couple of different things that you can do. Uh, number one is if if you're a competitive person, you know, f- find a group of advisors that you can kind of you know talk quarterly with and say, hey, have you met your goals? Accountability partners, some people call that, right? But I, I still do what I've done in the beginning. I, I carry around a, a, a stupid notebook that actually my, my broker dealer would give me. And, and basically, I'm tracking all of my new business. Uh, all of, I, I keep my top 40 prospective clients, people that I want to work with, either I've met with and it just wasn't the right time, they're not close enough to retirement, whatever it may be, but but I keep that kind of that notebook is what motivates me because I 
I want to hit my, I'm very goal oriented. If the listeners have not uh, checked out our, our goals episode of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast, check that out. That's a fantastic goal setting uh, episode that we talk all about that. So that's kind of what I do is, is I kind of look at my notebook and I update that. Every time I add a client, I know this is silly, even at the stage I'm at, but I, I, I put in that new client, I put in their name, I put in their you know assets and, and uh, reoccurring revenues in there and the percentage that it got me closer to my goal. And so I can kind of tally, hey, how am I? And so here, as we record this, we're in October for the year, I've already met my goal you know, for, for, you know, for the end of the year. So I I'm the last three months I could just kind of take off, but I'm not going to, because I I'm a competitive and I want more. I, I, I just, I, I think you kind of have to, to have some drive in you and say, what do you, is your business at this point where you want it to be at the end of the day? And if not, what's it going to take to get there? And then you kind of, you have to measure that, uh, with, with a goal setting exercise. Uh, Jeff, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I'd say is your business where you want it to be or are your personal finances where you want them to be? True. I mean, my approach has been that I'm not going to let off the gas until I, in theory, could walk out the door and never come back. And so I'm uh, very focused on what I can continue to do to grow the bottom line because that's how I grow my own personal assets. Um, And so that's my motivating factor. And honestly, I feel like the more time has gone on, the the harder I've worked. And I will tell you, I think I've spent, I've probably worked more hours this year than I have almost any year of my career. And I'm 22 years in. Um, wow. And because I'm now getting, the, you know, the closer you get, relatively speaking, the closer you can see the finish line. And my finish line is probably a long, well, it is a long ways off, but um, I'm, I'm really hyper-focused on everything I can do to control my own future, which means the faster I can get there, the better off I will be. So that's that has certainly been the shift where honestly, early on, I like this discussion because early on, it was an idea. Like, keep doing this. And people say, and good things will happen. And it's like, well, what does that even really mean? And uh, honestly, I got better early when I got hyper-focused on short-term goals. And so I've continue to break my long-term goals down into short-term segments. And so to this day, it, it motivates me more than ever. And let's be honest, the longer you're around, the more effective your return on investment of your time gets. There's definitely truth in that. And so spending five extra hours a week now is far more valuable than it was 15 years ago, because I have more buttons I can push, of course. But um, but yeah, I, I'd say it's getting hyper-focused on your big picture goals, but what can you do to push through them as fast as possible? Yeah, I love it. I think the challenge in the, in the beginning and, and you guys, I, I want to hear your opinions on this is when you, you know, for the newer advisor, let's say in years, uh, zero through five, it's hard to, to get clarity on that ultimate goal, right? Because I mean, you're starting from zero. So it's almost like inconceivable what a hundred million dollar practice looks like. What can the two of you add to that? Yeah. I mean, I want to just, sorry if I interrupted Jim, but I want to say, I I was looking at this earlier. This is a perfect chance to come back to it. My goal was in my region, there was a report on um, systematic activity and the top people in the region. And I wanted to be at the top of that list. So 
This was in the era of commission-based business, a share mutual funds at sales charges, and then honestly, lower uh, ongoing revenue. And so one of my primary goals was monthly systematic investing deposits for my clients. And um, so I was looking as we were talking, I have this distinct memory of my first, outside of the two people that asked me to sell them a stock that I did, my first like, quote unquote, what would be called a planning client in today's world who committed, I think $166 a month to her Roth IRAs because the cap was $2,000 a year then. I sound like a dinosaur. Um, but I I was just laughing because I look, that couple is now in my top five clients north of $3 million of assets with me. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and then I looked, my number one client started similarly, a little bit bigger uh, cash up front, I think $100,000 rollover now has well over $10 million through a family that has um, uh, joined me over the years, both from my initial cold calling slash, which was door knocking in my case. So um, I was hyper-focused on regular activity from my clients. And even if you're working now in today's world on an advisory fee basis, I wouldn't say if you can engage people early in their life, their investing life, and engage with them for the long run, it pays huge, huge dividends over time um, that you just can't even begin to think about. So I just really got very strong on that systematic activity to build something that um, would really grow over time. But how about you, Jim? Yeah, you know, success leaves clues. And um, for me, as I've gotten um, more mature in the business, I've I've started to I've started to look at other practices that are ahead of me and not light years ahead of me. I'm not talking billion dollar firms, you know, 250, 300, 400, 500 million dollar firms, and I just follow their process. It, it, you know, that's that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm still driven. I still have big goals that I want to do. Now, I like to I do like my free time. I do make sure I take time for me. I think that's really important. As you get deeper into the business, is make sure you do this. And I'm motivated hearing you guys talk about this. This, you, you know, I don't know that we've ever talked about what our goals are to grow to, but I, I, I'm there. I know. I, I wish Brad were here because Brad kind of went through this period of trying to figure out what's next for his business, and now he's really driven as well. Um, and I think about when I think about the success leaves clues. A lot of times, people don't really understand what it takes to get where you're going. I think it, I think I, I'll share I'll share a parenting story just because I think it's I think it's kind of relevant. I've got a uh, I've got a 15 year old and uh, I have a rule in my my house like you've got to do a team sport until you're in ninth grade. And at ninth grade when you're in high school you get to make your own decisions. So this is a kid that wanted to play games. He's a little overweight, just a really like uncoordinated kid. So he did cross country his eighth grade year. And it, it, I was surprised he finished the races. Um, I mean that, that I'm not, this is not a lie. Like he was in second, second to last place, most races. Well, fast forward to his sophomore year, this kid is going to earn a position on the state team and he's the fastest kid on his team. And people are shocked on his team. Like, oh my gosh, Kyle, how did he, he's just, how did he, why is he so fast now? You know why the kid worked his ass off all off season, running up hills, running everywhere, running, built, following the, following a, a guide that a cross country coach put together for him. And now he's just great. He's embarrassingly fast. Like, um, so that's what happens in our business as well, though. I mean, Jeff and Greg didn't get to a hundred million dollar plus by, just showing up. 
Like there was a ton of work in there. And you've just got to find somebody ahead of you, figure out what they're doing, put your spin on it, and go after it, baby. Get that money. It's a gold rush out there. There is so much opportunity. Whether you're five years into business, two years, or 20 years, there are people retiring every day. The market's down. People, huge questions, haven't heard from their advisor. It's a gold rush. There's so much opportunity. Go get it is what I would say. Um, but that, that's how I approach it, Greg. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'll, I'll add to that, you know, is as far as how we stay motivated, right, um, is is focus on the things that you enjoy most of all about this business and, and delegate as much as the, as the other stuff as you can. Jim, you know, for example, what I know about you is you really, really like marketing and you're good at it. And that's how you've built your business. You enjoy giving seminars, you know, for example, and, and it that has been a big, big growth driver of your business. And that's something you're going to continue to hit on and focus on and work on and get better and better and better. And so for all the listeners out there, and uh, Jim, I'll let you kind of jump on that. And then Jeff, I want to hear from you what you enjoy most about this business and 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 how that has kept you motivated as you've kept growing and growing and growing. I, I think um, I think you're right. And I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Greg, about in order to stay happy, and especially as you get larger to, to be able to scale, you have to delegate. You, you can't do everything that you have always wanted to do and then claim that somebody else can't do it better than you. They can. I promise somebody can do account openings and paperwork and service requests better than you. Because they are completely focused on that one job, and somebody who's completely focused will do it better. And you've just got to find, to your point, the things that you really like. You know, I like doing seminars. I like I, I'm building some funnels for some niches right now. I'm doing things that are kind of interesting because I want to grow. I want to continue to get better, and uh, that's what we focus on in our practice: is how can we, how can we continue to grow, but so we can put people in the right seats. And for me, the right seat is getting in front of prospects and clients. And, and convert or getting in front of prospects and converting them to clients, I should say. How, how about for you, uh, Jeff? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're making me think, Greg, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, you know, I, I just am sitting here thinking, why do I finally, or why do I enjoy this? And I can't say I did for all my career. Uh, I think I'm finally realizing I have found a way to monetize my talents and, not very many people maybe get the opportunity to do that in life. Um, you know, think about how many musicians never make it. That's their talent, but they still don't make it. And so, you know, the fact that I have finally figured out through a long series of refining and changing and adjusting and to Jim's point, trying things, I continue to get more and more focused on what my abilities are, my both natural abilities. That's a, that's a, let's see. A talent comes naturally, a skill is something you develop. Um, and we should be a combination of those two things. And I think I've finally figured out over a long period of time what my skills and talents are and then how to monetize them and take care of people, of course, at the same time. Yeah, go ahead, Jim. I, Jeff, awesome. That, that, that is so well said. So thanks for saying that. Greg, I want to give you the final word here. Uh, we're going to wrap up here in a second, but I want to, I, I want you to go out and take it out. Like what, what's driving you? What do you, what, what are you doing in your business that to that point to, to monetize your skills? Are you delegating? Tell us a little bit about how you're still staying hyper-focused and what, what's next for, uh, now what's next for your firm? Yeah, I, I, I think, 
a couple things is is kind of focusing on what I enjoy most about this business. And I have, you know, it's the old, what is that chart? All the things, the, the disadvantages, the advantages. What do I love about this business? What do I hate about this business? Obviously, compliance is one of the things that I dread, you know, dealing with. Um, administrative, you know, paperwork, that kind of stuff. And, and I put all the things that I most enjoy. And you might have to, you know, put some thought into this. I, I go back to my notebook because I've actually <laughs> wrote down, you know, hey, what do I enjoy? And a lot of it is, it, it's the business development is what it comes down to. It, it's it's delivering a plan to people. You know, I kind of have a niche with with women and the thing, and we should probably talk about that on an episode. I have found, and there's probably some studies that women refer more than men do. And women like are more organized. And I, I do believe at some point we'll have a, a female president. Uh, and, and I think it's probably a good thing because women are incredibly more organized than guys are, right? So so I, I kind of know what my niche, I know who kind of I work best with. And it took me years to figure that out. And I also know that, hey, and I can spot them very, very quickly when I qualify people. I'm kind of, it's kind of like going back to to dating, <laughs> figuring out, you know, that first date or, you know, having a conversation with them. You kind of know, hey, this is per- this is somebody that's going to be, that I'm going to jive well with. And then this is person, this is another person who, you know, maybe if it's uh, one of those that you don't enjoy going out with, uh, you know, that's somebody you'll never call again. So, so kind of, you know, figuring out, who I work best with, who I like working with. And, and I just have a totally different attitude as I come to work every day because I, I know, okay, all of my clients I like, I like what I'm doing. How do I get more of them, right? And then, so it's just a matter of getting more of those clients. So it's kind of my focus on marketing and I really, really enjoy marketing. That's that's one thing. We do a lot of seminars, and I mentioned having a lot of lines in the water. I never know where my next pers- prospective client's going to come from, but uh, maybe it's a referral. Maybe it's you know a, a marketing avenue that we're working on. So I think that's what keeps me motivated, Jim, and 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 just um, keeps my drive going. Uh, is you know, and, and of course the money too. I mean, I think we'd all be lying if 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 we're saying, hey, the the money as we grow and grow and grow and our revenue streams increase, we're just getting rewarded for all of our hard work. No doubt, yeah, no, it, well said, and um, and I, I think this was a, I think this is a great conversation, and I, I I don't I don't care what point you are in your career, you can focus on what's next and build these goals and work towards them. Embrace the grind, guys, because this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Hey, if you found value in this, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Here's how you can connect with us in our community. We have a Facebook community, the Financial Advisors Edge community. You can find it right on Facebook. Just go type it in and then hit groups, and you will see it on there. Or you can always visit the website at thefaedge.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. 
Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.